Welcome back, radio entrepreneurs, listeners, and fans. I'm producer Nathan Gobes, and I'm excited to introduce you to part three of the sixth Family Business FBA panel discussion. This is the Great Economic Reset. In this family business-related summer 2022 edition of the panel discussion, we'll be covering topics related to creating organizational stability during economic instability, strategies for leading a family business through inflation and supply chain issues, planning for a recession, transitions during these times, and much, much more. If you have not yet seen parts one and two of this panel discussion, we highly recommend you head over to radioentrepreneurs.com or any of our other channels that we stream on in order to catch those first two segments. All of these discussions are intended to be highly relevant to family businesses, but also entrepreneurs of all types. So be sure to follow Radio Entrepreneurs on LinkedIn, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Facebook, or any of the many other platforms we stream on to see those first two segments. Next, I'll introduce our three panelists and hosts for this discussion. For their full introductions, please refer back to episode one, which is linked in the description below. We're joined today by Stephen Wilchins of Wilchins, Cosentino, and Novins, Rich Hershen of Gray, Gray, and Gray, and David Santos of the Northern Trust Corporation. Welcome, everyone. And of course, last but not least, Jeffrey Davis, radio entrepreneur's host and CEO of Mage LLC. Welcome, Jeffrey. I'll hand the conversation over to you now. Thank you very much, Nathan. Welcome, everyone. This is part three of our panel, and we're going to be sort of looking at planning ahead now during these very unstable reset times. You know, uh, as a management consultant, it seems to me that uh, over the last six, seven months, I've been looking, I've been hearing more from baby boomer parents about, I've had enough. Uh, I, I want my risk off the table. These were people who always thought they were going to work the rest of their lives. Some of them still want to work. They just don't want to be in the be an entrepreneur anymore. They don't want to be taking the risk, leveraging the company. And this has created a, a shock for some uh, transitions, uh, but also they're, it's affected the companies financially because the people want out and you know money is now trading at a higher level, may continue. There's been inflation, supply chain channels. It only helps to, to uh, contribute to the instability of the remaining people who are not as experienced and have not been through recessions before. So I wanted, I, you know, it's a pretty general topic, but I wanted to know your thoughts on this and what you're seeing as well. You know, we're, oh, God, I was, as I say, we're seeing at our firm a, a lot of M&A activity. Um, I think it's caused by two things. One, um, you know, exactly as you said, Jeff, People, I think, went through the pandemic and realized there's more to life than working all the time um, and say, you know, who knows what the future could bring? Let's get some risk off the table. So I think that's one side of it. And the other side of it is there's a lot of money out there to invest. So we're seeing a lot of private equity funds and a lot of people have money they want to invest and they're paying a premium to buy companies. So it's, it's a good time to sell. And I think there's a lot of people that want to sell. It's not fun anymore for a number of entrepreneurs or family business owners. You're tired. It's been three, three and a half years of the COVID and now the, the inflation. So they're starting to say, hey, listen, I'm at a certain age. I think I want to rethink this. I want to take some chips off the table. So either they're selling it or they're figuring out how they could gift it to their family members. But certainly they want to. Um, 
take risk off the table substantially. And before Dave maybe addresses this, and part of the problem is if I'm taking my risk off the table. If I'm going to sell, where do I put my money right now? <laughs> you know, it's like, I sure don't want to put it in, you know, the, the whole feeling about the stock market has changed. It's not as uh, attractive an entity as it was a few months ago, although it may be more attractive. Good time to buy. Yeah, I think, you know, historically in, in times of uncertainty, people would, you know, put their money in cash. Um, but with inflation rates so high, um, that that alternative is um, is looking a lot less attractive for, for a lot of people. Um, but I think, you know, our, our basic points of view are in this environment is, is and we instruct clients is to just stay and stay diversified, um, focus on owning, you know, if you're, if, if you're playing in the equity markets, focus on owning higher quality, more defensively oriented positions that can weather this storm um, the best. Um, and, and yes, there are opportunities that are, that are, opening up here. Um, the bond market is an example. Um, yields have risen dramatically. Pricing has compressed dramatically. And I think I heard yesterday that the, the, um, the value sort of paradigm for fixed income after this, quite frankly, a disaster. The last four months have been one of the first worst four or five month periods in bond market history is that now values are at a level have only been achieved 20% of the time over the last 70 years, as an example. So, so there are professional, you know, fixed income investors who are now um, moving in and, and out the yield curve where, you know, you have longer time periods where there's just been a lot of opportunity to um, invest, understanding that you have a longer term time horizon, right? Um, so I think it's, it's scary because of the volatility that's been experienced out there on a day-to-day basis. But I think we're, we're getting closer to the point where um, investors are looking very closely at areas of the equity market, areas of the fixed income market, where the value has uh, opportunities have been created. Um, and uh, that's, that's where we're at right now. That's where we're putting money. So uh, sticking with the money topic, uh, how do you see entrepreneurs and leaders dealing uh, or how do they need to deal with potential banking changes that are going to happen in the next year? Because we talked about the Fed in an early segment and interest rates. I think people have to be rethinking their whole banking relationships right now. This is critical to ongoing business operations. Yeah, I mean, I think companies need to be looking at, you know, everything, you know, businesses change and, um, you know, banking relationships change and, and things like that. So you need to be prepared for it. I think you kind of alluded to it in the last segment. You mentioned getting the balance sheet uh, stronger, which, you know, for a lot of reasons, uh, I think is a good thing to be focusing on right now. We don't know where things are going to go. Um, but if there are changes made at the bank or you need to look for a new lender, certainly having a stronger balance sheet is going to help a lot. So that's what I would tell people, try to clean that up. Yeah, and I think in general, it, in at this point in the in this economic cycle that we happen to be in, um, as opposed to two thousand and eight, um, banks are in very very strong financial p- position going into this period of uncertainty. Um, so I think that they're that they're that gives them flexibility to not, uh, you know, restrict borrowing uh, uh, constraints 
uh, too aggressively because they're 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 becoming excessively risk averse. Um, so I think that's a positive uh, heading into this period of uncertainty. Where, as we talked earlier about, um, you know, it, the possibility of us going into recession in the next twelve months um, is rising um, every day, uh, and that obviously would would provide a you know a significant amount of of more uncertainty for business owners. Right, but short term, the banks, as you said, are doing well. I mean, the interest spread. I'm sure they're they're earning a nice interest spread, and they're not giving the deposits mostly to the individuals when they're depositing their checking accounts or money market accounts. So they're making a big spread. But mm-hmm. I think inevitably they're going to react and pull back um, for the business owner, and so there's going to be restriction on lending. I would presume. So, you know, we see salaries going up. We can't find hires. The cost of money is going up. Supply chain issues, inflationary issues. What kind of strategies do companies have for alternative strategies for lowering costs in this time? You know, because they're going to have to do some belt tightening. You can't just, everything can't cost them more. And you can't raise prices, you know, indefinitely as well. So what, what alternatives do they have for operations? So I have a few thoughts. One, obviously, is reduce debt, continue to manage that effectively. The other is figuring out decision-making. Should it be centralized or decentralized? And I think that's very important when you look at that because uh, in this time period, it may be good to have a decentralized decision-making process to give a little more authority to these people because I think they know exactly what's happening. Uh, The other is workforce management. It's not only laying off people, but it's trying to figure out how their performance could improve and figuring out strategies to become more profitable and more efficient. And obviously the use of technology, that's the end all and be all for a lot of solutions is in, you know, increasing technology, using it, and figuring out how you can become more profitable by using the technology. Anybody else want to touch that one? Or are we done on that one? I can go to the next question. That's not a problem. Uh, uh, what, uh, you know, this is really maybe a little bit also for Rich. Are there any financial tax planning strategies the business should be considering right now? during these times when I think a lot of entrepreneurs are going to be looking at sort of like hunkering down. I'm not a big fan of the ostrich approach. I always like being aggressive in these economies. I'm a fighter, but I know these tax strategies are going to become very important right now. Yeah. I mean, I think there are things to do and and it's certainly meeting with your accountant and, you know, you have a good accountant there and you get to know the business and the industry and kind of where you want to go and, and, and that sort of thing. So there's stuff, that can be done. I mean, just, you know, operation side, if you're a company that has a lot of inventory, maybe a LIFO inventory, uh, switch LIFO would make sense. Um, you know, maybe there's some gifting of things um, and stuff like that. So there's always things to do, but, you know, I think when you get in periods like this, it, it makes sense to take a look and meet with your advisors and see if there's some uh, things that make sense to do. I think the accountant would be very helpful to engage in the sense of 
for, for example, understanding the revenue side, understanding the product mix and whether that should be shifted and how best to tweak it. And I think your, your outside account would be very, very important to engage that person to uh, figure out what's the best way moving forward. I think that's a good point, Steve. You know, uh, instead of just hunkering down and hiding and waiting things out, I think small business entrepreneurs need advisors more than ever before. They need the accountant for tax planning, people like you on the transition, transit, you know, legal side, the transaction side, uh, transition side, investing the money properly. I mean, so I, I actually think that the advisor becomes more important during these turbulent times, getting perspective and help to guide a company. And entrepreneurs who aren't, who haven't been through this before, probably one of the most common things I've heard from entrepreneurs is, I've never seen this before. I know my father saw it, my mother saw it, but I've never seen these things before. They're all new to me. And I think, I think the entrepreneur, I don't know what you're seeing, they're under more pressure than they've seen in years. They saw growth for years and they were reading the headlines of their balance sheets. And now they're feeling a lot of pressure. And this is new to them. This is their first fight. I think one thing that that would, I'm sorry, Jack. I just said thoughts on that. Yeah. I think one thing is with the business owner, they have to get in front of their customers on pricing to explain to their customers why they're raising prices and, you know, and explain to them in a reasonable fashion why we have to increase uh, the prices. And to the extent they're ahead of that and explain that, not just because my competitors are raising prices, because truly, you know, our transportation costs are more expensive or the lead time in the supply chain is longer. I mean, this is costing money. So to the extent the business owner focuses on the profit margin, uh, not so much on the top line, but on the profit margin side, and, and try to manage that well over, over this period of recessionary period that we're going into. Anyone else? No, we're doing fine. My last question in this segment, uh, as the time goes on, it goes back to organizational culture again. Uh, leaders are feeling pressure every day in an unprecedented way, maybe for people who haven't especially been around a long time. But even if they've been around a long time, they might not have the fight they once had 15, 20 years ago left in, the, in their belly. So how do, you, uh, how do you build culture during these times when leaders are feeling all the stress themselves too? And how do you, how do you relieve the pressure during these times of great rece- potential great reset and recession? I think fresh ideas are important. Giving your key employees a voice at the table, I think will stimulate some interesting ideas and engage these people to figure out that there's another way to view a problem. And I think that in itself would, would give, give some energy, positive energy for the organization. Because if the owner is tired, is old, or wants to retire, it's not translating to the positive energy that the business and the employees need to hear as they move forward. So I think engaging on your people, you'd be surprised what you hear from some of these people. I think 
keeping in mind that all this uncertainty affects the employees as well. So, you know, while the company's facing uncertainty and you're making a lot of decisions in people's personal lives, they're also facing uncertainty and there might be additional stress that they're having just in whatever may be at, going on at home of spouses, maybe losing a job or gas prices going up and, you know, all these, all these different things. So I always think it's important to, to recognize that and just be aware of that and looking for signs if employees need some help, if they just need someone to talk to on a personal level, not business. Um, I think that can go a long way of really making your employees loyal. And, um, you know, also if they need help, helping them get that help. Uh, I, uh, I agree with you. Uh, the whole thing with employees, I think there's a little bit more emotional give back at this particular emotional compensation you have to give people. People are feeling pressure from their parents, uh, parents' health, people are living longer. They're feeling pressure financially, their parents on fixed incomes, the baby boomer leaders are feeling pressure of how they were seeing their incomes. I think the new entrepreneurs are feeling the pressure of never having to go through this before and all the other factors we've mentioned. And employees are, you know, it's tough for them because they like their jobs, but they need more money right now. And, uh, you know, sometimes changing jobs can create instability too. So I think taking the time to spend and invest time on your teams and your individuals are very important also. I don't know, I'll give you an opportunity, any closing comments before any of us go. But first of all, if you don't have a closing comment, also how you can be reached. If anybody listening to these segments wants to speak with anyone in this thing, I'll start with you, Steve. Uh, if anybody wants to speak with you, learn more about your firm, uh, how would they do that? Just uh, email or call our, our our website is Wilson's Cosentino Novins. Feel free, we'll speak to you at any time, 24-7. Rich? Yeah, I mean, I think the best resource is our website. Um, you can get contact information for me and, and others at my firm. There's some great articles out there, um, links to, to um, resources for business owners. So our, our website is gggllp.com, and I would recommend people go there. Thank you very much, Rich. Again, sponsor of Radio Entrepreneur, same with Wilchins Costantino. Uh, Dave, you? Uh, yeah, same for me. Um, we, we have a website uh, uh, for northerntrust.com and um, uh, you can find contact information for me there and always uh, ready, willing, and able to help uh, when appropriate. Uh, before I go, uh, Nathan, do you want to give the Radio Entrepreneur's website? Of course, yeah. Uh, everyone can find all our content on radioentrepreneurs.com. Uh, there's information on Jeffrey there, as well as his contact info if you want to reach out to him. Um, but thank you, everyone. Thank you, Rich. Thank you, Steve. Thank, thank you, you, Dave. Uh, th that was an excellent conversation and some highly useful points. So that wraps up. I'll just give up my oh, idea. Sorry. Of course. Sorry. Yes. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I'm Jeffrey Davis, not just host of Radio Entrepreneurs. I'm also chairman of the board, founder of Mage LLC. We work with entrepreneurs and leaders of organizations in transition, uh, helping the, you know, to uh, adapt to whatever economy is going on out there. And uh, we can be found at mageusa.com, if that's correct, uh, Nathan. And I, my email is the letter J Davis at M-A-G-E, mageusa.com. Always glad to hear questions and interesting
comments from people. And we will continue on Radio Entrepreneurs to continue to feed you with information on this economy and leadership and how people are adapting. That's what Radio Entrepreneurs is all about. Now back to you, Nathan. Of course. Thank you, Jeffrey. Yeah, that wraps up our last segment, uh, the third and final segment for the third, for excuse me, for the summer 2022 edition of the FBA Family Panel, Family Business Panel Discussion, The Great Economic Reset. Thank you to all our listeners and viewers who have tuned in for this first ever uh, for this, excuse me, third segment on Radio Entrepreneurs. Links will be provided in the video's description below to parts one and two. If you miss them, uh, be sure to click subscribe and follow so that you can catch all of our later panel discussions, which continue to come out quarterly, as well as all of our other interviews. Uh, Radio Entrepreneurs is also highly active on LinkedIn, so we recommend you follow us there. Until next time, goodbye, and thanks for listening. We'll be back with more stories on Radio Entrepreneurs.